My guest today on the enemies list is my friend Peter Schorsch, who is the publisher of Florida Politics, which is the go-to source for Florida news concerning every damn elected official, every snake swimming in the swamp that is this state's political climate, knows everything, knows everybody, and I'm delighted to have him back. He's a returning guest to the podcast. There was also maintained what was called an enemies list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is the enemies list. Peter, welcome to the enemies list. Thank you, Rick. As long as I stay off your enemies list, I'll be all right. <laughs> you are you're you're on the good list, my friend. So, Peter, we've got two very bright stars in the Republican political firmament in Florida, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis right now is the heir apparent if Trump were eaten by a shark or struck by a meteor tomorrow, but he has not had the the last uh, a legislative session or the last few months that went like they thought it would go. So tell us a little bit about what happened to and for DeSantis with the Florida legislature uh, this year in our in our 60 day legislative session, good and bad. Just think about it this way. Ron DeSantis basically ran for president, uh, started running for president on February 28th when he when he dropped his book, uh, The Courage right. to be Bored or The Courage to be Free or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and I it's it's it, it is the key date. Was he better off? Was he not a stronger candidate for president? Was he not within spitting distance of Donald Trump for the GOP nomination on February 27th? So when he went to bed on February 27th, when everybody was in Tallahassee talking to this guy, waiting for the book to come out, they had every right and expectation to think that come now, come to Memorial Day weekend, that they would be, you know, neck and neck with Trump and the heir apparent for the 2024 nomination. The reality is something completely different. And every lever that he has pulled, every trip that he has taken, every international uh, trip that he has embarked on, I think has dragged him down further. Um, I, I like to joke with people. I haven't seen somebody screw up so much on an overseas trip since Clark Griswold went to Europe. Um, This guy. And it's just so right now he is going into when he is, you know, NBC News said that he would announce November or excuse me, May 11th. Some people think it may come next week. Um, There is an announcement imminent. He just transferred over the control of his political committee, theoretically, to Blaze Ignolia, a state senator from yeah, we know. Um, yep. my neck of the, which I, I gotta love. If you go back, and I love Blaze, you look back at the mm. uh, his history. Um, uh, what did he say during his World Series of Poker tour days? He's like, "I'm the suck out king," right. um, and so I just <laughs> I think there's something to be said about handing ninety million dollars over to the suck out king. Um, and so I just, I look at it all and DeSantis is just in a much worse position than he was 60 days ago. Right. I mean, and he, uh, some of the legislation that passed, he really, really wanted his woke, his, you know, anti-woke, uh, higher ed stuff. He managed to sneak through a lot of that. 
for his war on on the imaginary demon of woke education in the state of Florida. But some of it he didn't want, like the six-week abortion ban, which, you know, I keep telling people, I think the six-week abortion ban is defund the police for Republicans. You know, something something a few people on the fringe want and everybody else goes, the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. In fact, when I talk to other Republicans, people that are supportive of him, people that you and I both know, Mm -hmm. they say abortion and Disney, um, that those are the two things that are abortion is the wrong policy. The Disney battle makes him look weird. And I think like, uh, you know, one of the things that I've thought about with all these bills that he has passed, I don't know that like he was already established as the woke crusader. Like, did he need to go from 15 weeks to six weeks to become, you know, more credentialed on that? Did he need to, um, you know, did they need to expand the don't say gay bill from elementary school to high school to be, you know, stronger on so-called parental rights? I don't think he did. And so all of these bills, you know, everybody, I hate this narrative that keeps uh, floating around, um, you know, kind of the big footing national media that's in here that, you know, Ron DeSantis has been strengthened by this last 60 days. I don't think he has been. I think he has been. Mm-hmm. I think he has been hurt. He would be so much better off if they had just gaveled in, passed a budget and went home. Now, I know there's some things that they had to get done, but none of these things added to where he was already strong. And in fact, what they did was is they made him more vulnerable in the general election that I don't think that he's going to see. Right. I mean, look, I think, I think, and I can tell you this, I, I know from, from a bunch of different sources that they know that Disney is a mistake. They know how badly it's starting to to make him look, as you said, weird and obsessive. And Disney certainly knows how bad it's making him look. I would never post up against Bob Iger. Let's just put it that way. He is a very wise guy with a, with a, with a, a lot of experience and billions of dollars and billions of lawyers. And I just see this whole Disney thing being... Uh, it has become this white whale for DeSantis that I don't think he is self-aware enough to understand how bad it looks for him now. No. And, and I think he's, I'll even say, I think it's going to get worse for him because he's looking at some, I think some garbage polling that says that the battle on Disney uh, makes him look stronger with GOP primary voters. I, I, I don't believe that polling. I've seen polling that goes the other way and that's not his issue. It's not about whether or not Disney should have, listen, Disney fucked up. They should not have gotten involved when they did on that bill last year. They got in after the fact and then tried to, you know, they talked about repealing state laws and things like that. Stuff that just made them sound silly. Put that aside. What it does is people look at Ron DeSantis and like, wait a second, didn't that guy get married at Disney World? Right. (laughs) And now they, now he wants to, he wants to inflict pain on this place. Like, we're going to inspect the monorail system. You know, I talked to a Disney lobbyist and they're like, okay, so they're going to send over the ride inspectors to Tron or to guardians of the galaxy. There is nobody in Florida. None of the carnies that right. inspect the, the, the roller coasters at the plant city state fair. They don't know how to go into Tron and inspect it. And right. so the people that are going to teach the people that are going to teach the state workers how to, you know, review the system are Disney's people. They're going to have to spend 18 months telling them how to inspect the ride. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is striking to me how angry and how much the, how, how, how the backwash from him attacking over and over and over again, 
on this. I mean, it just does. It, it's never made him look good after the first salvo. And, you know, Disney's brand is still Disney's brand. They've spent a lot of many billions maintaining that brand. And it's hard. It, it is hard to imagine the guys that inspect the carny, the, the carnies at the Florida State Fair, the guys from Rayford. <laughs> right. They're going to go uh, in there and they can have no clue what to do with that. It's just it's 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 ridiculous. Moving on from 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 the Disney uh, train wreck. You know, his his announcement is coming, as you noted. All the signs are starting to, to come together. We've seen some of the national pollsters and national folks trying to, you know, starting to slide into either the super PAC or, or at least proximately to the campaign. Although right now it still looks to me like the national campaign uh, on, the, on the actual campaign side is still very Florida, very parochial Florida. They do not seem like a lot of people on that team who are ready for the the national stage with deep experience in the early primary states, etc. Are you hearing anything about them expanding beyond the sort of genera pack, Ryan Tyson, you know, push all orbit, uh, or is it still sort of this fairly constrained circle? It is this fairly constrained circle. Although I will say I've heard from some people that the person that would, you know, that. I would say that they are so unhappy with the last two months that I don't know that Janera and Ryan both make it to July 4th. Um, yeah, the, the, Ryan, I, there's been a lot of bad bad smoke signals in Tallahassee about Ryan, who who you and I both know. No, it hasn't. I don't think it's going to go beyond Janera. I think Ryan, you know, has definitely taken on some water. I mean, I literally talked to a reporter today from one of the big outlets like, who is this guy? And I'm like, he was just a guy working for Charlie Dean six years ago, seven years ago. So it's like the idea of him yeah. running a national campaign, I think is still, I don't want to say it's above him because that's how people, you know, oh, yeah. grow, you know, grow into the business. But I do think talking to other like major donors, I think they want to know who the adults are in the room. I mean, you, and, and that's what we ran into with, you know, DeSantis, not, you know, he got pantsed by Trump on the congressional um, endorsements. Ooh. And, and so, Ryan, and Ryan was, did Ryan did take the hit on that. Ryan did take the hit on that. And so, but then the other problem is, quite honestly, I don't know that there's an enormous amount of confidence in Jeff Rowe, uh, either in Florida or nationally either. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the memes of, mm-hmm. you know, the 95 million that people paid in 2022. Yep. You know, this guy has a... Here's the other thing, and I don't think enough has been said about it at the national level. Jeff Rowe has tried to make play after play into Florida. There are, all, I mean, he went oh, after yes. Milton Simpson. Mm-hmm. He went after multiple congressional candidates, and mm-hmm. they all came up snake eyes. I don't think, um, I don't think DeSantis, because that's not he doesn't follow the thing. I don't think he understands how how much animosity there is towards Jeff Rowe amongst the Florida consulting class, and how. That just did not inspire confidence. The idea that Jeff Rowe is going to be, you know, running that super PAC, right? And 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 for Jeff Rowe to say, "Well, I, I won in Virginia. I won in Virginia. Therefore, I can go win in Iowa." It, it that's a non sequitur. It is a complete Apple, non sequitur. Yeah, apples and oranges, whatever. And that's why you saw, you know, DeSantis put Adam Laxalt um, over in charge of, or you know, maybe he's the. I'm sure all he's doing is. I think the one thing that they did was add a second signer to the checks. I mean, that's what you had right. to do. Otherwise, right. you know, it's just you're putting millions of dollars into a super PAC that, you know, and they sent over Heather Barker, which was an interesting move. Mm. The DeSantis's are very close with Heather Barker. That's yep. their chief yep. fundraiser. Um, 
you know, theoretically there shouldn't be coordination between the campaign and the super PAC. So to, to lend over uh, Heather over to the super PAC is an indication that they are going to, that's where the money's going to go. And so I don't know that they want to give hundreds of millions of dollars to somebody, to a consultant that they had just, they never worked with before. Support for Rick Wilson's The Enemies List comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo, modern management made simple. Right. And and I will say this also. I think the predicate of DeSantis for a long time, and, and I think you, you probably saw the same thing. There was this argument for a long time that, oh, I've won the Wall Street primary. I've won the money primary already. I've got all these guys from Wall Street and the uh, you know private equity world and the Silicon Valley bros and the hedge fund bros. They're all with me and I'm going to hold on to them. And that seems like it's gotten a lot more shaky in the last few weeks. Uh, there's definitely been a run, you know, a run on the bank, uh, literally. And it's and, you know, I I do think it's kind of funny that we allow each of these billionaires to kind of sign, you know, sound off on, oh, I'm not going to support that person or whatever. Like um, how many billion it, it's it's almost how many it's incredible how many billionaires there are nowadays. You know, it right. used to be we didn't have, you know hundreds of billionaires that could fund these races. But no, you look at Peter Thiel, you know, has basically mm-hmm. said he's going to set it out. You know, Ken Griffin has said that he's still with DeSantis and you better hope that he is because he's just bought like a $90 million house down there. Right. But he got a little squishy. Um, you know, you see the reporting, you know, that Wall Street isn't with him. I think, I think part of it is the Disney battle. They're like, wait a second, if he's going to go after Disney, what's right. to keep him from going after my Air Force uh, contract or my mm-hmm. construction firm or whatever he's upset with that week uh, in his, uh, you know, war on woke or something like that. So I think, again, the polling might be, you know, um, I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, the other lunatic talk about repealing the um, flyover law uh, over Disney that you can't fly over airplanes. That, you know, being anti-Disney may be playing with that crowd. But the idea of going after a private corporation the way he has, where you're literally sicking, you know, the state police on their monorail system, you know, uh, that that cannot inspire confidence in on Wall Street or any place where you're a small business or a, a business owner. I, I talked to a I talked to a, an elected member a couple of weeks ago who said, he goes, you know, he goes, I, I really am a free market capitalist guy. I really do believe that limited government is a thing. He goes, I'm not sure Ron is briefed on that. I'm like, oh, yeah. you think? And there, there is that sense of, you know, and the Hyatt people with him going in and taking a liquor license because they had a Christmas drag show two years ago. I mean, that all of that starts to sort of, I think you're right. I think it gives the Wall Street types a little bit of like basic nervousness and basic weirdness. You know, one of the things that I've, that I've been obsessed about, it's my nerdy obsession, is I mean, I think DeSantis could have scored an easy, easy win this year by doing real stuff on property insurance in the state, because it is actually one of the things that is hitting every single homeowner. And frankly, it hits renters down the stream because people own their buildings. And he just 
I mean, it's like it's like he doesn't either get that it's important or care or think that it's going to give him a, you know enough buzz in on the right wing social media stuff. I, I hate to say it this way, but do you know why that is? And people because Ron DeSantis doesn't own a home. Oof, that's true. He does not. I mean, and I know like and people. Uh, uh, people wonder why doesn't Ron DeSantis care more about some of these issues? And I'm like, because first of all, Ron DeSantis is probably one of the very few Floridians in the history of Florida that ever lost money on real estate. Um, but he is one of those people. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know this story, Peter. Well, he sold his house in Ponte Vedra for a loss. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> do you know how bad you how have you, to be? How do you fuck up that much in Florida? I, that's what I'm you can have any swamp piece over here and make 10% on your asking value. Um, and so this is a guy who, you know, and again, and I, I don't want to like get into the class warfare part of it, but sure, it's sure. just somebody, he's, he's never really prioritized making money. You, you looked at it, he got out of school, he goes and teaches in what, Alabama or something like that? Georgia. Georgia. You know, yeah. Georgia. Uh, he does the military career. Thank you for that. But it isn't somebody that had ever... Money just, and we know how much he resents people that make money off of the political process. He's different than Trump. Trump hates people that make money off of Trump. DeSantis hates people that make money off of politics. Right. Um, Or or, or the entire political consulting class. Um, And so I just think the fact that he doesn't have to open up on an annual basis or whatever, open up a mortgage statement and see at how much property insurance costs people what what when you open it up and there's another four thousand dollars added to your bill or whatnot well, that's well, just something yeah. he doesn't get on a date on a monthly basis like almost all the other floridian does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again when copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act that sun's shining on a beach and when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. As a listener to this podcast, you know democracy is in danger in America and beyond. This titanic challenge requires a powerful response. And that's why Resolute Square was founded. The Enemies List is part of the Resolute Square family. We're a pro-democracy network. The Enemies List is just one part of Resolute Square's pro-democracy content and coverage. Our members get particularly exciting benefits. Exclusive live roundtable discussions with me, Reed Galen, Stuart Stevens, and Joe Trippi. In those discussions, you can ask us questions directly, as if you are in the room at a campaign strategy session. In these sessions, we'll give folks answers on how to fight back against the crazy, how to push back against the MAGA media, and how to communicate effectively in the battle for our democracy. We're building a new arsenal for democracy, and we could use your support. Head over to ResoluteSquare.com slash enemies to let the world know where you stand. As a guy who lives in, 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 a, in, a, in, the, in the worst possible flooding uh, category for FEMA, yes, I feel all that pain. <laughs> I, it's, it's bright as day right now in St. Petersburg. And if, I mean, for this a pod, but if, you're looking, if you were looking behind, you'd see it's bright as day, but it's flooding out on the streets. I live, near, I live on the water here in St. Petersburg, but that's yep. how bad the situation is becoming here. Um, and remember, Rick, like if you talk to the trial attorneys, they'll tell you, hey, listen, some of the most woke corporations in the country 
are big insurance companies. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're the ones with the ESG statements. And the DEI and everything else. Right. And so to your point, he could have launched full salvos at all of those folks uh, and pointed to their New York headquarters and their Delaware headquarters and had a field day with them. But for some reason, he just... He, he laid off. Well, the rumor I heard was that that he went after the trial bar this year because uh, the U.S. Chamber basically said, "Help our insurance friends out, and we're going to take care of you." In the in the in the in the in the, in the primary. So, I mean, it, it it certainly, but it is like one of these things that he just. It's like the guy cares about what's going to be on Infowars and Florida's Voice and Fox News, and and it just it just strikes me that. Uh, like that disconnect with the rest of the state in a general election, you know, his numbers here are still solid with Republicans, but in a general election, like the choices don't seem as hard in, in my mind as they would have in a normal, if, if he had given a shit in, about anything during the session. I I also think that the, and I think we're going to see this, um, you know, and we kind of feast on it, but there's a different brand of Republicanism in Florida than oh, yes. there is even in Georgia mm-hmm. or North Carolina. There's an anger here. Um, there's a transiency. Um, there's, it's just a, it's a different way of life. And I know that people have spent the last 10 years making fun of so-called Florida man. This isn't even making fun of it. It's just different. And, you know, Ron DeSantis has put out the, you know, the, the standard for, you know, the ex disciplined, Staten Island cop who got thrown off the force for, you know, too many excessive force uh, right. uh, charges and the Youngstown steel worker who got, you know, laid off because he kept, you know, grabbing, you know, his employees. But all these people have come to Florida. You know, they really have yep. um, hundreds of thousands of them. If you look at the, the numbers and those people identify with what Ron DeSantis is saying. I don't know that it necessarily spreads to the Midwestern Republicans, to the Michigan Republicans, right. to the other kinds of still, I, I, I think they still look at it. And that's why it goes into, is Ron DeSantis weird? I really think that that is like the defining question of who he is as a person, not whether or not he's effective as a governor of Florida. Is he too weird to be president of the United States? And I, I don't think people are convinced that he's not. I, I Listen, I, I think, and I, I, my, the one of the few encounters I had with him when he was still in Congress, it was the same like weird looking at the floor, looking at the ceiling, not paying attention, not tuned into a conversation. And I, I've said this a lot, you know, he, the the people that are like, oh, you know, he won by 19 points in Florida, and and I, I kept explaining to people like the Florida Republican Party is the Death Star. It is not he he didn't he didn't invent this. He inherited it. And the Democratic Party of Florida is hapless and helpless and 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 fucked up in every way. And he's a guy who walked in and you know it's it's to use a baseball analogy he would understand. He was born on third base politically and thought he hit a you know thought he hit a triple. This seething resentment category of people that you're you're mentioning though, I think that's really important because look, I grew up in Tampa. I'm a fifth generation Floridian, and the way. Florida changed, especially around the Tampa Bay area and to the north, Hernando, Pasco, Citrus, those counties have turned into like QAnon central weirdness in the last few years. And, and I mean, I think he's playing to that and not to that, that family from Ohio who moved down to Kissimmee for a good job. I get it when I make these criticisms, you know, uh, 
especially when you see me, my, my Twitter profile literally says I'm in between Disney cruises. And so I am a big fan of right. Disney and I, I, I do like to go to New York, et cetera. But I've spent the last two and a half, almost now three years, basically on the road for my daughter. You and I share the oh, yes. affinity of daughter. <laughs> and if you have done that, as you have, it brings you to completely different places than mm-hmm. than anywhere else. And so I like to say I've spent the last two and a half years RVing, horse showing, yep. going into basically Trump and rural country. And I will tell you, having been to like Tryon, North Carolina, oh, yeah. and Kentucky Horse Park, <laughs> and all these places, there is a different level. You're laughing because you know you know it's all these places too. I've been on, I've those, I've taken the big rig to those places. You've t- <laughs> It, it is you've you've gone to the truck stops, oh, right? Yes. I mean, you've been to, you know, you there is a level of anger, weirdness, resentment, etc. in Florida that is not present in Tryon, where the hippies from Asheville seem to be able to get along with the horse people from the rest of North Carolina, mm-hmm. or the 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 tourists in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg seem to be able to get with. Get along fine with uh, the country folk from Tennessee. There seems to be people are able to work it out, and there isn't like this menace almost in the air that there is Florida, where if you take the wrong turn at a at a stop site and cut somebody off, you're you're very likely to run into a stand your ground death situation, and that's why you see it mm-hmm. all over our headlines. And that's not an exaggeration. That is literally what you're walking around. That's why. Florida man has become, it used to be kind of funny. Now it's, it's a menace to society. Yeah. I mean, and I think there, I think you're right because it's like, and I joked about this some of the other day, like I drive over to Jacksonville to fly out of that airport a lot and, and I won't stop between Tallahassee and Jacksonville. I mean, that, that I, and I, people don't believe me when I tell them that is the highest per capita area in this country of the clan of the white supremacist movement. I mean, both inside and outside of law enforcement. And th- th- a lot of people feel, and I'm not blaming DeSantis exclusively for this. A lot of people have suddenly felt very comfortable because they're like, oh, well, the rule is no enemies to my right. And I, you know, I'm going to work with whoever I can to get elected. And I'm not going to worry about those people, you know, that they're, they're better than the communists. <laughs> no. And, and people will think that we're conspiratorial, but you just, you have to be on the ground here and you have to see, you know, 300 people with Trump flags off their boats, you know, and these aren't big boats. These are, you know, you've got a, you've got a 12 foot flag off of a 10 foot dinghy. What the hell's the matter with you? (laughs) And it's just like, you know, and that is what is different down here. And quite honestly, that is what Ron DeSantis has feasted on. Um, It it was just, you know, I, I, and here's the other thing that you said something about the Republicans being the Florida GOP being the death star. If DeSantis for one moment acknowledged that he didn't just invent uh, a 19 point win, that it is on the backs of 20 years of the Harlem Globetrotters beating the Washington generals, then there'd be, you know, that would be some personality. He thinks he just did this, that, that, that he won in 2018 because he's, you know, good looking in a white Navy outfit. Uh, it, there's just no acknowledgement that anybody else contributed to right. the current state of affairs in Florida. That's that's the other bad pro- problem with them. Yeah. Now, I will say the, the the reality check he's been getting pretty much on the daily now is down in Mar-a-Lago, a much better team than than Trump has ever had around him now. 
uh, is running the show in Mar-a-Lago. And I think I think it has shocked Ron and Casey to their core to some degree that that he's getting run around the track by Susie Wiles and Chris LaSavita and a few other folks who are much more professional than the former sort of Brad Parscale clown car that used to be down there. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the people that are down there, it goes beyond Susie. And then there's like a, a second layer of staffers, Taylor Budowicz, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, that are basically the DeSantis 2018 team that won that race. Right. You know, so that's who and that were there in that first year, Justin Caporal, et cetera, mm-hmm. that were there during DeSantis's really best moments from when he started to win uh, against Gillum and into that first seven or eight months. And this is when he was kind of bipartisan and he was getting up uh-huh. to the 60s. And his, um, and they think that that's all on accident. And now those people, highly motivated, you know, were just, are so, though that's who, you know, like we're, we're looking at who leaked the video of Ron DeSantis's debate camp. I'm like, just go down to Mar-a-Lago. I guarantee right. you that the IP address for wherever that... <laughs> Forever that video was leaked from is somewhere within proximity of Mar-a-Lago. It's an ex-DeSantis 2018 staffer, 2019, um, you know, employee, somebody like that. hundred percent. I mean, that's one thing in politics you, that, that is, is fascinating to me. Look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an observer of how campaigns operate from the time I was, you know, five minutes out of school and the number of people they burned through who aren't back from 2018 and even from this time, it is a real tell that nobody feels like they're going to be either trusted or respected um, because the last two decision makers in the room are always going to be Ron and Casey, even if their own advice to themselves is not always the best. Well, and that's, you know, you, so like Matt Dixon from Politico put out a thing. It was like, um, here's who's close to DeSantis. We had done an orbit. Who's here. Who's close Mm -hmm. to DeSantis. None of those people, like predate 20, late 2019, 2020. Like yeah. there's no, there's no friend of the family that's been there since, oh, well, I knew Ron when he was in 11th grade and I've stuck with him and right. I've got my business, but he still calls me up for, no. I mean, you go back to Ryan Tyson. Ryan Tyson was an Adam Putnam guy two right. years ago or uh, uh, two elections ago. Yep. Um, you know, all these people are new to them. And in fact, you know, Rick, I know that this is going to explode on them. You know, when you think about it, the person who they were closest to outside of like the governor's office was Kent Sturman, a person who committed suicide after as yep. he was being investigated for diddling the babysitter. If you, I mean, if you don't that think is Trump's, the ticking yeah. time bomb out there uh, for the national, what the national media is like, wait, who's Kent Sturman? What his best friend did what? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, that's, that's what we're dealing with here. And, and if he doesn't think that the Trump people, are going to relentlessly exploit that. And in, in, in a world where all the QAnoners are always primed to see a pedophile behind every tree, when you have an actual guy who was in that cir- circumstance, who is one of the few people that was, you know, if, you, if you'd if you poked somebody in Jacksonville two years ago, they would have said, oh yeah, Sturman and, and Ron are close. But you wouldn't, I mean, it is, I think you're right. I think that story's got a lot of radioactive waste hanging around it. And and this and this Trump team, I mean, I hate saying it, but they're much better at the work than they were in the past. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders 
no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. They'll, you'll see it. They'll Eventually, uh, he'll put out a truth social. I don't even go on truth social, whatever. He'll put, he's like, who's this Kent Sturman? We're, that, uh, why doesn't Ron answer questions? And people will get into it then. Ron will have no answer for it. Like he's, right. if you look at when he, when the incident did happen, he had no answer then. Um, he has been avoiding, you know, answering questions about it. But when you get to this stage, people are going to ask questions about it. And again, do I think that it is, um, uh, does it keep him from becoming president? No, but it is weird. It just will add to the, wait a second, this guy has a lot of issues kind of situation for him. And I think, you know, it's, I know this is like very, it almost sounds petty, but if you go back and you read the statement that he and Casey put out, you're like, Jesus, that's what you, that's all you have to say about your best friend is, you know, thoughts and prayers. And it's just like, this guy is weird. And I just, I don't know that he gets past that threshold. I think you're right. I mean, I think the weirdness thing is something people haven't seen at scale yet. But when he gets on stage and that whole, that, that thing for the debate prep of last year saying, right, likable on the top of the page, that's like telling somebody, yeah. be funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It never Right, likable and, and putting fingers. You know, I guess it's, it's easy for us to laugh, but my main question has been to people, what do we do when drunk daddy comes back to the house and starts kicking the dog? Because that's mm-hmm. what's coming back here. Um, you know, as somebody who write, write, runs a site called Florida Politics, you know, I, I don't think he's going to make it to the na- national level. And I don't I don't think that he would beat Joe Biden anyways. Um, I don't think he's going to get past Trump at this point. But, you know, my fear is, is what does this guy look like in 2025 uh, after he you know loses or maybe 2024 when he's embarrassed out of the primary? Right. Um, and that's kind of the for anybody who's still in Florida. I'm like Jesus. They're, I mean, they're going to go from banning books to burning them. I think he's a guy who holds a grudge, and he's an angry guy. And I think we may see some very ugly behavior when all this is over. Well, Peter Shorsh, thank you, brother, for joining me today on the podcast. I deeply appreciate it. You are the wisest of the wise when it comes to Florida, and uh, look forward to having you on again soon, my friend. I appreciate it. You stay safe, and I'll talk to you again soon. All right, brother. Thank you. See ya. On today's edition of The Enemy's List, Cash Patel. Now, some of you know Cash Patel. He's a member of sort of the Trumpian demimond of various grifters, scumbags, weirdos, criminals, criminally adjacent weirdos, scumbags who are also weirdly adjacent to criminals. There's a whole world of these guys. Cash Patel, a former congressional aide to Devin Nunez, has a guy whose name keeps popping up over and over again in the sort of Trump and post-Trump era. Now, last week, we discovered that Cash Patel was paying the whistleblowers, the, I'm sorry, let me, let me correct that, the alleged whistleblowers in this idiotic Jim Jordan weaponization of government investigation series. That's right. A Trump crony, an ally, is paying the whistleblowers who supposedly are revealing government malfeasance against Donald Trump. In the words of one of the great Greek philosophers, get the fuck out of here. This is the absurdity of, of this kind of thing. It, it points out the absurdity of Jim Jordan, of these phony hearings on the weaponization of government, and of course, 
the blistering, obvious, clear, unbelievable corruption that defines everything these people do. So Cash Patel, you're on this week's enemies list. Get your shit together. Thanks again for listening to the enemies list. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at the Rick Wilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.